good morning, Barbara. Good morning, Linda. So nice Hi. to be with you again. Oh my goodness, it feels like feels like it's been a week. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a great weekend for you. You've had your birthday. So I want to welcome you to the sixth decade, this new era in your life. I just, yeah, it's just so awesome. Mm, thank you. It is my sixth decade. I was thinking that's my 59th birthday, but it's like, you know, considering, and I just said this yesterday and something I did, considering we spend nine months if we're lucky in utero. So in some ways, you know. Well, and I believe in China, I don't know if they still do, but they used to say you were one when you were born. Like they used to mm. age a year earlier because of the time in the world. Uh-huh. Yep, exactly. So there's that. So zero starts at conception. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. And and it's just such an incredible time. I, it's such a privilege to live to this age because you live long enough to see enough that you start to see patterns of how things fit together, how they unfold, the ebbs and flows. And, mm. and it's, um, it's, it's something that I think when, you know, 200 years ago, people to live to the sixth decade was exceptional. You know, like the average death rates were around, you know, 20, 30, 40. And especially for women, because so many women died in childbirth. Yeah, and men too because they were always at war with each other so we were taking each other out in different ways mm -hmm. um, and so I think life was less complex in some ways mm -hmm. there was more of a connection between mind body which allowed a better connection with spirit mm -hmm. so I think that people could mature earlier Mm -hmm. um, than they can now and that you almost have to live to 60 or 70 to start having the time and the space um, and things unfolding at a speed that you could process enough that you could start to recognize those patterns and get that kind of wisdom. So it used to happen younger than it does now. I think you are exactly right for us and our era. I'm not sure that applies to younger people it'll be interesting to see it'll yeah. be interesting for them to see yeah it, and i'd love to have conversations with people too because what i'm finding is that you know I, i'm coming in I, i'm coming in with a with a, a pretty well preserved sense of wisdom within me and I managed to maintain that through my life. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of at, but, but having seen and my heart broken over and over and over again as I watch the, the way adults treated each other, it was just mm -hmm. awful. And then make me behave. Like it just, it was, it was, again, back to that gaslighting. My brother was teasing me on Sunday about using that word. Um, but it does, it speaks to that because it, it's like 
you know, that do as I say, but not as I do mentality that is, a, you know, it works for the adults because it's in their best interest, but for children, like, what is that doing? And for oh, me, God. it was torture. It was like torturous all the time because I was forced to comply. I was forced to, um, you know, as, as um, I was being unwilded at that time. Mm. Glennon Doyle. Yeah. Glennon Doyle is, is her name. Well, and that's, that's such an important discernment to get and to understand how that, that mixed messaging that we get as kids really teaches this whole concept that people are talking about, about virtue signaling. Yeah. You know, oh, absolutely. And on the outside, but you hide, you don't know how to express. You, there's it's no a room. hidden agenda. And there's no teaching of how to express yourself honestly and then be heard and have, there's no, no, nobody's learned how to listen and hear properly in, in that are in the power position. And Honestly, it, unless you were in, uh, you know, education around psychology and or adult learning, you didn't ever hear the word narcissist until uh, probably four or five years ago, it really surfaced and, and YouTubers were doing all kinds of uh, you know, just deep dives into the meaning and descriptions and how to handle yeah. and their life stories too, a lot of them. So, yeah. you know, but that, bless them for doing that because I feel like that educated and sort of prepared this, the ground for the now, which is if we did not have that if we did not have that in our understanding um what was ha what was ha what's happening right now in the political landscape of the u.s and how that's affecting the rest of the countries around the world the rest of the mm -hmm. citizens of the world um we would be in a very different place right now but you know as you're sharing too what comes to me is how we end up disintegrated. You know, they talk about part of maturing is to come to a point of integration. And as what's coming to me now is, you know, the expression outliers. Well, yeah. I'm thinking, you know, what you were describing in yourself is holding on to some of this inner knowledge that you knew as a child, mm -hmm. as in layers, L-A-Y-E-R. So they're your inner layers. L-A-I-R-S as well. But they're in conflict with the out liars. Only that's L-I-A-R-S. Oh, I like this. Right? So we've got our inner layers that are in conflict with these out liars or outer liars. And we've got to... There's no reckoning for children, though. So they, this is where the problem is. There is no reckoning for them because they live in a system that is so boundaried around what adults expect of them and all of that. If that is not healthy, 
if that is not in the best interest of the child. And I think, you know, all the way back into history, when we think about let the children lead. Mm. 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 And then I also think that if you get to the point, if you have the, the benefit of somehow or another getting to this age and stage where you are able to integrate the inner layers with the outliers, outliers, um, that what happens is that's where I feel for myself, and I can only base it on my own experience, so um, that I came to this place where I am able to really accept what is, be less disappointed when my hopes and expectations aren't met out there, that I can handle that. I mean, it's not that I don't get overwhelmed. It's not that I don't get upset by times, but I, I know how to self-soothe now. I know how to bring myself back to spaces of, of yeah. equanimity. And, and then it just makes life so much easier. And a, a place of forgiveness where I can look at some of the things that happened, like um, my the early traumas, I've, I've spoken before about, you know, my, my adoptive father being a dentist and doing my dental work for many years without freezing at a request I made when I was like about six, six or seven. Um, and because I didn't like the needle and, and I numbed my jaw, my lip so bad and I chewed it and I gave myself a fat lip which shamed me when I went to school and all sorts of stuff so I didn't want freezing anymore I would endure the pain of a lot of dental work a lot of uh, caries cavities being filled uh, for years till I was like 18 or 19 and had to go to another dentist um, who wouldn't work on me without some kind of freezing or they tried to give me gas at that time and I couldn't handle that at all. Oh, that was freaking me out mm. because of the loss of control. But again, trauma um, mm. behaviors. Anyway, but I can now look at that and forgive my adoptive father, not be mad at him for the abuse. I can say, wow, well, look what I learned to do. Look at the perseverance I learned. Look at the high tolerance level I have for physical pain. Um, so I don't have to be medicating all the time for mm -hmm. pains or whatever. So, and, and I can also say, see another side of it, like how hard that must have been for him. Because he knew, I mean, he would ask me, you know, but you chose it. So at what point were you mad at him? Well, because I thought, what parent would not say no to that? To so that was later. Father. So that was years later. Yeah, I didn't even oh, know okay. it was so weird. I was just trying to understand the context in which you were okay. saying it. At so time. as I was okay. going through my healing journey and process and recognizing what trauma is mm -hmm. and, and things that would have traumatized me, I didn't even realize that this was traumatic until... Yeah. That whole thing blew up, blew up on Oprah, Oprah's book club when that fella had written the book about, was it um, a million pieces, something like that. And he'd written about having dental work without freezing. And then they found out it was a 
that it was a lie, it wasn't true. And there was this whole controversy that no dentist would ever do that to anybody. And I didn't even realize it was a big deal till then. And then it was like, oh, well, maybe I better look into that. And why would my father say yes to that? Right. To a six-year-old child. He never had trouble saying no to me about lots of things. And then for the next then it took years. So a couple of years to work through all my trauma response physiologically mm-hmm. that would come up in certain situations and to start to recognize what that was and how it was linked. Mm-hmm. And, and in that healing process, in that becoming aware and discovering what have you, then getting over mm-hmm. to a point where I could go, okay, so there he was in this position of, what do you say to this child? Mm. who's determined that she's going to have her own way or do you say well I you know get out of the chair go go home you know I won't I won't take care of you today I don't know what position I put him in yeah I I would yeah and so to be able to go okay what were the gifts in that because this is what you hear in every tradition Mm. every indigenous tradition every sacred tradition they always talk about the growth and the gifts that come from suffering that if everything is really too easy and and um, there are no real challenges that you face in your life you don't develop things like perseverance you don't develop strength you don't develop courage that that it's that um you know it's just like muscles you have to put weight on them in order to develop them yeah the resistance so I, I just, yeah, so some of that wisdom only comes with time and, and work and perspective to get the inner layers and the outliers to recognize the stories that we tell ourselves or that people tell us to tell ourselves about what happened to us, that we can understand them at different layers over different times and phases of our lives and our mm-hmm. healing process. Or I, I don't even want to call it a healing process anymore. I want to call it an into, a reintegration process. Yeah, that's what that's what's coming to me as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, so mm-hmm. that's we, we've kind of started off in a different way today. So often in our um, when we do virtue picks together with people, we'll talk about what's going on in our lives first. Then we'll do a virtues pick and say how is that speaking to us in terms of what's going on in our lives Mm -hmm. or what we shared so would you like to do that this way yeah as a matter of fact I love that you just brought that up because as we were having this back and forth conversation I was thinking to myself this is very different than what we normally do and record this is not uh, um, uh, a virtues pick uh, and uh, and uh, an honoring of of the story. This what we just did is kind of a back and forth and more of a um, I don't know I don't know what to call it, but a courageous conversation, a meaningful conversation. But, but the point is, there's a very distinct difference, and I think that that is an excellent. Uh, piece of wisdom that's just come up within you so thank you for 
acknowledging that uh, and and having the courage to ask. Linda's going to pick a card. Just random pick one. Yeah, from yeah. the Virtues Reflection cards. Uh, you can go to virtuesproject.com and go to, I think it's in their resources part of the menu. You'll find the shop. Yeah. So yeah, they're upgrading the, the websites. So things are changing sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Or you can jump onto our website at synergyetc.ca and go to the uh, Virtues Inspired link at the in the top menu. And in there, there's a link to the Virtues Shop. But uh, if you have a few pennies to give, um, go to virtuesproject.com and um, and donate because uh, every dollar given a uh, gets matched, uh, and so it's like a double. It's like a doubling up. So we're going to do something weird today. We're going to post today, like real quick, because it's, if it is Giving Tuesday, then that'll only work today, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, and I think it's once a month. And I've also started up a bit of a, of a, a thing that I'm going to kick off in January. And I'm hoping that the donations to that, it's a free thing, but I'm hoping that anybody participating will kick in a donation now again, and that will go directly to virtuesproject.com. Hey. Oh. <laughs> I always love it when they come out because it's always a surprise and yet there's always something there should we pause it find the card put it up sure the card is oh. fairness fairness is treating each other even handedly so that each person receives a share with fairness we meet everyone's needs we listen to the views of others with openness and expect to be heard with equal respect. We don't focus on who is right, but on what is right for all concerned. Without bias, favoritism, or prejudice, we level the playing field. We are as protective of the rights of others as we are of our own. We seek not to overpower, but to empower. We are lovers of justice. Thomas Chandler Halliburton says, hear one side and you will be in the dark. Hear both sides and all will be clear. The practice of fairness, I treat others justly. I hear other points of view with openness. I expect respect for my perspective. I care more about doing right than being right. I believe in fair play. I have a win-win attitude. I'm thankful for the gift of fairness. It is our common ground. Mm, Barbara, how is that speaking to you? Wow. Considering the state of the world, um, how simple it is and how sensitive children are to this virtue of fairness and, you know, how our virtues are barometers for 
what's right. And, um, you know, imagine following this path and living in a world where it doesn't matter that, you know, and, and fairness in a president, what does that look like? That looks like somebody who has their own very strong opinions about something, but who can make room for everyone else's opinions. That's fairness. And when that's not in place, when, when the bias and the prejudice is not, it's favored toward the individual or toward the one side. Um, there's nothing fair about that. So it's about bloody time that, you know, everyone understood that fairness is a, it's a birthright. And it's, we know this from childhood we need to learn that uh, we undo our sensitivity to these virtues as we get more and more corrupt. And, and it, you know, it's, there's a path to uh, purity so that we end up back on the right track but I just hear this virtue showing up today as a really clear sign that uh, you know a bird flies on two wings you cannot fly on a single winged bird it just does not work so we all need to be in this together and this is a really complicated very simple path yeah that's what I Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. I am hearing the gentle discernness, discernment. Um, I'm hearing the gentle discernment and the understanding at a deep, deep level of how important it is that we are able to um, respect differences of opinion, mm -hmm. um, to hear other points of view, and to also be able to expect respect for our pers perspective mm -hmm. when it's different, so that that that's what fairness entails, that it, it and, and that quote, you know, I'm, I'm hearing you really reiterate that you have to hear both sides or all sides. Mm -hmm. You cannot fly with a one winged bird. So yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. Mm -hmm. How about for you? What's speaking to you today about fairness in our earlier conversation 
Well, I'm just thinking of, you know, how I am finally, you know, and again, it's taken me decades. I'm, I'm looking at my 70th birthday coming up in June. And, and, and it's, it's like finally coming to this place where I can hear the views of others with openness and I can, I have strategies. I've learned ways to um, deal with my inner physiological responses when I disagree strongly. Now, does that mean that sometimes I don't get caught um, and, you know, somebody throws a comment out there and it's like a fisherman with a fly hook, you know, and I just swim along and bite it and I get that hook in my mouth and, 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 and we're on and they're reeling me in and I'm wiggling like crazy and we're having a disagreement. Um, and, and you know what? They're kind of fun sometimes. They're, I kind of enjoy them sometimes. And I have to recognize that, that I have that in me. And then it's my responsibility to catch myself and throw that hook, you know? Or if I've thrown the hook and somebody else has taken the bait, mm. I'm equally responsible to recognize that, oh, we've gone to that place where mm. it's no longer a friendly mm. game, uh, a friendly exchange, even mm. though it might be quite emotionally expressed or um, it's no longer friendly. We've crossed the line. We've gotten to that point where you know, in sports, when we're kids, we're learning fairness, supposedly to, you know, that's supposed to be the primary lesson out of sports games is how to win fairly. And if you, if you cheat, if you lie, then it's, the win isn't worth it. That's what we were taught we were to be learning. But there's all these coaches out there. There's all these parents out there who go, you win at all costs to heck with fairness. So again, those and, and who do we reward? We reward the winner, whether they lied, cheated, or stole the win. And so, yeah, wow. So we're really not creating these environments. And, and I was listening to, to uh, Meg Wheatley, listening to, to uh, Meg Wheatley uh, on YouTube this weekend. And she talks about coming to this place in, in, in the world where in the time that we're in, that it's really important to create islands of sanity. And in these, these small communities where we can get back in touch with what's really important, what really does help move us forward yeah. without um, seeking power over other people and hurting other people to get our way um, are coming together in groups that will lie, cheat and steal and, and not care mm. about. And, and, you know, she mentioned about how one corporate place she was at speaking, somebody told her about, um, they're now referring to people at work as units. When they talk about it, you're a unit. Oh, wow. and, and, and that somebody, I think it was at Citibank, said that uh, if he thought of how the people that they were making the policies for, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but the idea is if he thought of them as real people, 
he couldn't do his job. So by doing them, thinking of them as units, he, he didn't care what positions he was putting them in, in their work environment, right? They were just things. So again, how, how can we do that to other people, other human beings? So um, yeah, fairness, fairness is so needed. And, and um, we really need to get back in touch with how we create that in our families, in our communities, and it begins in small communities. It begins in the small places. And then when it's, you know, firmly reinforced in those places, then it's going to be in the outer places, the outer spaces. But right now, the outer spaces do not respect the, uh, the concept of fairness. Yeah. That's how it's speaking to me. Well, Linda, I'm really hearing your deep discernment and the consideration for all of the layers and the liars. I love that. And, and that just really speaks to uh, your relationship with creativity and words and being able to articulate things in such a beautiful way uh, but the whole thing you know when we listen back to this 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 layers and liars um and the islands of sanity you know in through the lens of this virtue fairness mm. yeah it's uh you know we're coming into our own i feel and uh, and i and i feel that strength in you when you're when you're sharing and talking about some of the struggles and some of the realizations in this time. So thanks for being here. Oh, and thank you. It's it's such an honor. Mm. And and I love the spontaneous way that this came up today because normally we wouldn't be recording till tomorrow. Yep. So again, trusting, yeah. trusting in the flow, trusting in in uh, grace yes. to take us where we need to go. Yeah, yeah, beautifully said. So, and again, happy birthday to, to uh, Meg Wheatley uh, on YouTube this weekend. And she talks about coming to this place in, in, in the world where, in t the time that we're in, that it's really important to create islands of sanity. And in these, these small communities where we can get back in touch with what's really important. What really does help move us forward yeah. without um, seeking power over other people and hurting other people to get our way um, or coming together in groups that will lie, cheat and steal and, and not care mm. about. And, and, you know, she mentioned about how one corporate place she was at speaking, somebody told her about, um, they're now referring to people at work as units when they talk about it. You're a unit. Oh, wow. and, and, and that somebody, I think it was at Citibank, said that uh, if he thought of how the people that they were making the policies for, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but the idea is if he thought of them as real people, 
he couldn't do his job. So by doing them, thinking of them as units, he, he didn't care what positions he was putting them in, in their work environment, right? They were just things. So again, how, how can we do that to other people, other human beings? So um, yeah, fairness, fairness is so needed. And, and um, we really need to get back in touch with how we create that in our families, in our communities, and it begins in small communities. It begins in the small places. And then when it's, you know, firmly reinforced in those places, then it's going to be in the outer places, the outer spaces. But right now, the outer spaces do not respect the, uh, the concept of fairness. Yeah. That's how it's speaking to me. Well, Linda, I'm really hearing your deep discernment and the consideration for all of the layers and the liars. I love that. And, and that just really speaks to uh, your relationship with creativity and words and being able to articulate things in such a beautiful way uh, but the whole thing you know when we listen back to this 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 layers and liars um and the islands of sanity you know in through the lens of this virtue fairness mm. yeah it's uh you know we're coming into our own i feel and uh, and i and i feel that strength in you when you're when you're sharing and talking about some of the struggles and some of the realizations in this time. So thanks for being here. Oh, thank and, you. It's it's such an honor. Mm. And and I love the spontaneous way that this came up today because normally we wouldn't be recording till tomorrow. Yep. So again, trusting, yeah. trusting in the flow, trusting in in uh, grace yes. to take us where we need to go. Yeah, yeah, beautifully said. So, and again, happy birthday.